Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Mixed Feelings. I'm your host, Kira Bria. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Actually, am I doing all right? I, I'm doing all right right now, but I've had a rough week. I've had <laughs> I've definitely had like a myriad of meltdowns this week. And I, I haven't been paying attention to like the astrology any astrologers right now. I don't know if there's something in the air, but I've had I've had a lot of meltdowns in the past few days. Um, and it's also like, I'm the kind of person I, I feel crying in my body like the next day. Like if I was having a meltdown at 8 p.m. on a Thursday night, I'm gonna feel it till at least 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. EST Friday the next day. <laughs> Um, and that's just kind of what it is for me. And I, it feels really heavy in my body. So it takes me a while to kind of bounce back and it makes me more like prone to those same feelings the next day. Uh, I don't know if anybody relates to me on that, but it just takes me a minute to like get out of a funk is what I'm trying to say. And it's like, if I'm in a funk, I'm really in a funk. Uh, but I feel like I'm, I'm coming out of it now. So that's good. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope your February is off to a good start. Uh, weekly recommendations. I have been watching Succession 24-7. Uh, I didn't get it at first. When I first started watching it, it kind of was like, okay, this is a lot of white people doing rich people things. I'm not super relating to what's going on and I don't super understand what's going on. That was like the beginning. That was how I felt about it in the beginning. But then once I started to, you know what? I think it was the season one finale. There's gonna be spoilers if you haven't seen Succession and you haven't watched the season one finale, don't listen to me right now. Um, actually, no, I'm not gonna spoil it because then why would you watch it? The season one finale changed my mind. The season one finale, I started to see the dynamics of the show in a way that I hadn't before. And I was like, oh, I get how much deeper this is now than I really originally thought. Like, it's like, when you start to watch it, it's just a bunch of white rich people doing white rich people things. And then by the end of season one, you start to understand like these are like deeply, some of these people are deeply wounded and they have a really fucked up dynamic. Like the dynamic between Logan Roy and his son Kendall is so strange to me, but it's very interesting to watch. So now I'm obsessed with it, even though I cannot relate to anything less. Like I could not relate to anything less in my life. Um, but I would say Greg is my favorite character. Anyways, that's uh, this week's recommendations. And today I wanted to talk about um, Euphoria again. <laughs> I watched episode four and I have a lot of opinions because first of all, the title of the episode um, I may be like missing a word or two, but it was something like, those of you who cannot see, think of those who can. Does anybody know what that was referring to? Because the entire episode, I was trying to figure out what that was. I even looked it up. I looked it up. I was like, is that like a, some really old quote? I couldn't find anything on it. And I hate when I don't know things like that. Like I want to know the correlation between things. And I also couldn't super understand 
what it like what that was even supposed to frame what light that was supposed to frame the episode in you know what i'm saying because I, I don't think there's a really positive function to enigmatic episode titles like if it means nothing to me and i'm getting nothing from it and i'm just confused i think it's not a great title like I, it needs to be understandable to someone you know what i'm saying and i'm not saying like i'm the smartest bitch alive but I'm pretty smart, so if I'm not getting it, I don't think most people are getting it. In which point, like, make make a title that people think is cool and understand. Like, don't make people feel like they don't get something. You know what I'm saying? And so, I don't know why I'm so angry at this title. I'm not angry. I just want to know what it's from. I want somebody to tell me, because it seems interesting. It sounds like a quote. It sounds like something that was written in Latin over, like, some really epic hero's door. Do you know what I'm saying? So I need to know. So if anybody knows, let me know. Does anybody know in the comments on live? Not yet. All right. Um, just so you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I am doing it on TikTok live again because I, I, I liked doing it last time. It was kind of fun. Um, so if you hear me kind of addressing, addressing people in the comments, that's what's going on. So this episode, episode four, it, it made me like Euphoria again. I... This was my favorite episode so far, and it started to make me... Mm, I still think the other episodes, I still have a lot of issues with them, but this one, I was like, okay, I see what you thought you might have been doing. You know what I mean? If this was what you were building up to, okay. And like, I think you see a lot of, I guess, development or more insight into Cassie and Maddie's relationship, which I think is really interesting and I did want to talk about because I feel that their relationship is probably one of the most un misunderstood in the sense of like, I think people have really polarizing opinions on what their relationship is, right? Because I've seen even just about specifically the hot tub scene, people have so many different opinions on what the implications of that were. Some people think that like, because, cause Maddie was like obviously getting into it with Nate and Cassie is right beside Nate looking schlumped, looking absolutely schlumped. She's literally like her body was like, <laughs> her body was like contorted and her chin is down and she's like, <laughs> she's like holding her boobs. It's funny, but she's absolutely schlumped. And Maddie is going back between, back and forth between like being really aggressive to Nate and then like glancing at Cassie kind of to like see her reaction. It was very interesting. And so some people think that that means that she knows that they're sleeping together. And then some people think that it mean or that they were sleeping together, whatever. And then some people think the reason that Maddie kept like looking back and forth at Cassie is just, it was kind of like a power play. For me personally, and this is what I said in my YouTube video on this, um, on the fourth episode, which I'll, I'll, I'll put the link in the description. That scene vividly reminded me of Mean Girls when Regina George, they're all sitting at the, at the, at the cafeteria, at the table in the cafeteria. And Regina George is like trying to get back with Aaron and they've like just started kind of like flirting again. And Katie is sitting across the table and she's like, Regina's like fondling Aaron's hair. 
and she's like, oh, your hair looks so sexy, push back. And then she looks at Katie and she goes, don't you think that his hair looks sexy, push back? Tell him his hair looks sexy, push back. And then Katie looks at him and goes, your hair looks sexy, push back. That was the exact dynamic that I was getting. If that makes sense. In the, in the sense of it felt like, it felt like sort of a, a power play in a way, but also... Like there's people in the comments saying like, I thought she did it for validation. I don't think Maddie needs validation. She doesn't really seem like the type to need validation. And that's why I think, I mean, obviously everybody needs some sort of validation, but Maddie seems so kind of self-empowered and self-validated. And Cassie is actually the complete opposite, which is why I think that they're kind of like, that's why they're so interesting together because they're kind of complete opposites, even though they're both like, very hot. They have very different and opposing approaches to being hot. Like Maddie is like, I'm going to fuck shit up. You know, like I'm thinking of the, the fair scene where she's, she's in that outfit and she is walking slow and she's like, I'm not even supposed to be here right now because all of you think that I'm a slut, but I don't care. And she like pushes the bucket over. That's like Maddie's approach, which is a very like self-empowered thing right and she wasn't getting validation from people to do that because everyone was like why like uh, don't do that <laughs> and she's like you all think i'm a slut and none of you like me <laughs> and she, that was fully on her own power you know what i'm saying like she she's very self-validated whereas cassie is obviously really pathetic like she she's the most tragic character on television right now Thro like throwing herself at Nate go turn <laughs> changes into a bathing suit and like walks down the stairs trying to be really sexy and then it, it's just the look on Nate's face oh my gosh the secondhand embarrassment I was getting from that whole scene I was so cringy when she walked down the stairs in the bathing suit I was like oh my god Oh my God. But then that's why I think like in the, in the hot tub, I don't think it was, I didn't get the vibe that she knows that they were hooking up. Even though I don't even know how she would like, obviously she would be mad, but I also in a way feel like she wouldn't care. Like, yes, she would care, but I feel like she would care for like the principle of the thing. I don't know. I don't know. Maddie to me, I wish we got more, inside her head because I feel like right now she's presented as like almost not having weaknesses you know what I'm saying and it's like I don't see her right now in a very vulnerable way and everybody has some sort of vul vulnerability deep down so I feel like I just don't really I can't see that deep into her head I see her confidence and I see her like ability to tell someone off you know but that scene in the hot tub when she kept looking back at Cassie that to me is kind of like it felt like she's playing with her her toy thing being Nate and then she's almost like looking at Cassie like uh like do you enjoy how I'm like playing with this toy do you know what I'm saying but like Cassie is also kind of her toy like it just felt like she's a, a puppet master and she's like checking around to see if people are like enjoying her puppetry. I don't know. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? 
But that scene was hilarious. And then when Cassie, <laughs> when Cassie starts like violently throwing up, that's when I was like, I see what you've been trying to do this whole time, like making her always like naked and crying and now she's throwing up. But like, we still could have gotten there without her being like naked most of the time. Like she looked so pathetic when she was throwing up and she had clothes on and it was super effective. So that, that was great. <laughs> that was great. Thoughts on Jules' character and her development. All right, let's get into Jules because a lot of people hate Jules. Can somebody tell me why? Like genuinely, why? I don't have a problem with Jules the way a lot of people have a problem with Jules. Like, okay, let's talk about, let's talk about the love triangle. <laughs> let's talk about Jules and Elliot and Rue. So when they, and it, <laughs> what I realized when I was watching this episode is that I only was upset about the hyper sexuality and nudity when it was the heteros because when they were like about to all hook up, it, it didn't bother me. The way the scenes were done, it they didn't bother me. When, and I, was like very aware of how sexual it was in the beginning. Like you could feel the sexual tension when Elliot is like sucking on Jules' hand and they both suck on each other's hand. Like it was a lot, it was a lot, don't get me wrong, but I wasn't mad at it the way I would be kind of mad when I would just keep seeing Nate and Cassie hooking up. Also, somebody told me that Nate and Cassie hooking up was supposed to be Nate and Jules originally I don't know if that's actually true but that would and that that it didn't happen because Jules doesn't like Nate like the characters in real life which that I don't know if that's actually true today I saw something that it's just because Jules doesn't follow Nate on Instagram sorry Hunter doesn't follow Jacob <laughs> on Instagram I don't know if that's true I do want to investigate into that but I don't have a problem with Jules um, I don't even really have a problem with Elliot. Like Elliot is not a good person. You know, he's not giving contribution to society vibes, but I don't actually have a problem with him. And a lot of people are like going off and I kind of, here's the thing here. Here's the thing. Oh, here's the thing. Cause what I've heard being said about Elliot is like, he's a user. He's so calculated he plots on how to like take advantage of these vulnerable girls and people. And I, I see what, I see what they're saying, right. In the sense of like, yeah, he's doing drugs with Rue and they were saying that Jules relies on him because of her hyper femininity. And he like plays into that. And I thought that was kind of a strange thing to say. Because in my point of view, I, like basically what the, I don't remember what creator this was. If someone on TikTok said this and they were saying like Jules is like desperate for her hyper femininity, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't see her that way. I don't see her as like desperately trying to be hyper feminine. I actually just see her as being feminine. Like, I don't think she's really trying that hard. Like when the person said this, they made it sound like she was really, really trying to look feminine. 
and that Elliot helped her like feel feminine. And I'm like, she's just feminine. The way I read it, they, to me, Elliot and Jules have a, a shit ton of chemistry, like a like an uncomfortable amount of chemistry. Like you look at them and you're like, this is porn. That I don't see somebody like trying to look feminine and a man like trying to humor them. That's not what I see. I see somebody who is just like a super feminine person and somebody who's attracted to them and they both are hooking up because they're attracted to each other. I think they have a lot of chemistry. Personally, I prefer Jules and Elliot to Rue and Elliot. I also think Rue needs to be single, uh, <laughs> obviously. And it's like, yeah, Elliot is not like a good person in the sense of he kind of like was... Well, it's not that because he was fucking with both of them at the same time, because I think they all kind of knew that, but it's because he was like doing drugs with Rue and then like Jules would talk to him about Rue as if he didn't know what was going on with Rue. So that obviously is a little bit shady, but it's like nothing beyond a teenager. Like if it, it, he feels like a very accurate teenage boy to me or more like an accurate, like young 20 something. Um, people are saying that in the special episode, it talks more about like Jules struggles with her femininity, which I haven't seen that to be fair. I haven't seen that to be fair. But when I watch them on screen together, like they look attracted to each other. They look like they have chemistry. It doesn't feel forced. But I, I also am just like genuinely curious, like people really, a, a lot of people really hate Jules. And like, what is the actual reason why? I know, I know, I, I know she left Rue at one point, but I don't know. I don't have hate for those characters in the same way. I can see how people think Elliot is like kind of manipulative and like, yeah, he kind of is, but I don't know. I just don't hate him as much as other people do. Um, <laughs> Kat got a few lines this episode, <laughs> which I guess was good, but it's kind of like, her story is just so like, they are not trying. They are simply not trying. It's like, uh, I don't know if I love him. And Maddie's like, do what you feel is right. And I'm like, that's really, that's really what her storyline is in Euphoria? That's really all they're gonna give her, for real. And she did get like a few lines in the hot tub, like kind of telling me to fuck off, but it's almost like weird to me. It's kind of weirdly offensive how they'll have characters in the show same thing with Gia. And I'm like, they, they give them absolute crumbs, absolute crumbs, and then just pretend that they didn't. And I, I don't understand how they can, how you can have, like, say that people are such a big part of the show and they have like two lines the whole season. Like, it's very strange to me. Um, Cal, I actually am interested in now. Last week, you will have heard me talk a lot of shit about how I did not give a fuck about Cal and how I didn't even really know who he was when he had his little special backstory moment. I didn't know who we were talking about. Also, how did his head get into a bandage? I missed that. I don't know what happened, but I missed, I missed the head, when he has a headband, I, I don't know what, what he did to his head, okay? <laughs> 
But he starts going on that crazy drive. And that, that to me was like just an expression of male aggression, right? And something that was very interesting to me was the moment he had in the bar with that man and they were slow dancing and, you know, he starts to get emotional and he's seeing his high school sweetheart. And then just like that, as soon as he gets like too deep into his vulnerability, he pulls all the way to the other extreme side of the spectrum and he wants to fight somebody. And I thought that was very interesting because earlier in the episode, you see Nate do kind of a similar thing when Cassie is leaving and she's like, I can't do this anymore, whatever. And she runs out, she runs down the stairs. Nate says, wait, Cassie, stop. I love you. And then Cassie doesn't even turn around or look at him. She just keeps going. And then he punches a wall. And then he punches a wall. And I was like, that's so interesting how these men both like dip their toe into vulnerability and then they back the fuck up and set everything on fire and they have to kill shit. <laughs> it's like, how ridiculous. But the thing is, men do really do that in real life. Like I, I've seen it, I've seen it. You see, it, it's like they, they get too uncomfortable with their vulnerability and then all of a sudden they're like, I need to hit something. It's just very, it's hilarious to watch. But I actually started to care about Cal this app. Not, uh, okay. Let me not say care in the sense of like, oh, I feel bad for him. No, but I started to find him really, really fucking interesting. When he came home and he started peeing in the foyer, he started going off on every bitch. He was like, you're homophobic. You're homophobic. You ruined my life. You're my biggest regret. I've been, I've been dating men since before both of you were born and you wouldn't care if this was a prostitute. So it's very interesting how hypocritical you are. And he just went off and like, yeah, he said some crazy shit, but why do I feel like it was kind of a power move? Why that, that scene, I was like, I, I felt that it was cathartic for him and it felt, it felt good to watch it almost. Like I was like, I feel like he's been holding this in for so long. And he finally just needed to be like, I actually don't want this life. And like, yeah, of course he's, of course he's fucking up his kids. Of course he's fucking up his kids. But I, 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 I love that it happened. I love that whole argument scene. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but I was just like, he, the fact that he just went off and then just dipped and was like, bye. Yeah, no, I felt terrible for his wife. I felt terrible for his wife too, but at the same time, his wife is partly responsible for maintaining this like heteronormative world that he has to live in. You know what I'm saying? So I understand his frustration with the world that he feels trapped into, even though it's not his wife's responsibility to free him from it. But I understand the wife knew. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's kind of like, can you really feel bad for the wife? Yeah, you can. You can feel bad to a certain extent, but I don't feel that bad for her. I think she knew, she knew who he was. She, she knew his true desires. She wasn't gonna let him explore that. And their marriage was always doomed, but he just, he needed to, okay, I don't know if he needed to pee on the floor, I don't know if that was necessary, but he needed to say that shit and then leave. And it made me 
more interested in his character. I'm not going to say I care about him as a person or that I have like empathy for him. I don't really have a lot of empathy for anybody in the Jacobs family. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. So somebody said it, it's like you really don't watch the show. Sweetheart, this is just my review. If you want to make your own content on Euphoria, you are, you have every right to do so. Okay, now I am taking questions from the live audience via TikTok live. Somebody said, what do you think about Rue in the church, she, church scene? Is she dead? I've seen that theory a lot. I don't think she's dead. I don't think she's dead. I think like, you know, she might be kind of close to dead. I don't think she's actually going to die. At least not right now. Like, here's the thing. I don't expect Euphoria to like have a good plot. You know what I mean? Like whenever they do something that's like really a big plot thing, I, I'm shocked. Like, I think that's why when Cal started going off, I was shocked because I was like, oh, you guys actually moved the plot for a second. They don't do a lot of plot moving. I saw a tweet that said Euphoria is a 10 minute episode with a 40 minute music video. And that is true. It is mostly like aesthetically pleasing things or like sex scenes and vibes. So for them to kill off Rue, here's why I don't think they're gonna do that. Just by like the logistics of how I watch them do the show, if they killed Rue, do you know mu how much they would need to start moving the plot? There would need to be a funeral. There would need to be people being told that she's dead. A lot of things would need to happen that they're not gonna do. They're not going to do, they're not going to do a funeral. I mean, maybe, but if they do, it's going to still look like a fucking Katy Perry music video. Like they're not, <laughs> I can't imagine a euphoria funeral. Like what would they do? They always use so many colors. They're not going to do a regular funeral. If they were, think of all the things that they would have to do if she died that are just like logistically uncool, you know? I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think that's like part of the vibes. <laughs> it really is just a music video, an aesthetic funeral, LMAO. Yeah, like they're not, they're not going to do that. Somebody said, I think Fez is going to die. Or Ashtray. I think that's more likely than Rue dying. Rue is not going to die at least not during the series. If she dies, the series is over, I think. Also just because she she narrates it, like they're not, I don't think they would remove her like that. I don't think they would kill her off. She's obviously not okay. That that church scene was beautiful though. I, I felt really emotional during it and, and they do a really good job with the music video stuff when they do wanna portray a feeling and they go really deep down into it. And I appreciate that. I thought it was really well done. The church scene was absolutely beautiful. And like her just walk, it was it was stunning. It was stunning. But yeah, I don't think I don't think they'll kill her. If they ever did kill her, she would still be they would make her a ghost. They would make her a ghost. They would not they're not just going to like put her in the ground. You know what I'm saying? Somebody asked thoughts on Lexi's play. I, I love the way she created it. Like that episode made me like Lexi more cause 
you know, they talked about like how she's, I don't know if they said in that episode that she's an observer, but I started to like understand it more, you know, and kind of respect it. Like the way she put her sister's meltdown into her art. I really respect that. Cause I think that's dope. Whenever you can turn transmute your pain into art, I think that's really cool. I don't know where the play is going, but it, I, I want to watch it. It looks interesting. Uh, it made me have like more respect for Lexi. So yeah, that is all of my opinions for episode four of the second season of Euphoria. Um, don't forget to give this episode five stars, share this episode with your friends or on your story. Give me a nice review. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I will link that down below. Subscribe to my Patreon. I will link that down below. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kira Bria. And yeah, I think that's it. I will talk to you next time. Bye.